0: In this episode, you'll meet Dressage Naturally instructor Shelby Hume. Uh, Shelby has a unique background that includes 4-H, reining, dressage, natural horsemanship, art, and taekwondo. She was also a director of riding at a college with equestrian degrees. Shelby is a natural-born teacher. I met her when she came to do clinics with me uh, over many years, and I kept observing how supportive she was with other students. That and her excellent skills with a horse are what made me invite her to be a Dressage Naturally Instructor. She's also a coach inside my Finding the Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics virtual course. In this episode, Shelby will share some of her favorite concepts for horses. All right, here we go. Episode 92, Dressage Naturally Instructor, Shelby Hume. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony, because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So, let's get started. Hello, Shelby. Thank you for Hello. being here. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I'm excited too. You know, I'm excited to um, that you're going to let me share you with the world. Uh, you <laughs> have always been such, you know, a caring, thoughtful, talented horsewoman and teacher, and you've been such a big support to so many students um, in dressage naturally and otherwise, and um, I'm just happy to have you on, on my Dressage Naturally team. So welcome to the pod. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think you know I gave a little introduction um, earlier, but I'm hoping you can share maybe a little bit more of your story about your background and how you got from there and your journey to um, to finding out about Dressage Naturally.
1: Yes, of course. Uh- I've always been horse obsessed and wanting to connect with horses. Uh, I have grew up with a twin sister and an older brother, and my sister likewise shared that interest and Initially, just started out sharing one pony and cheering for the other sister to get thrown so we would have a chance to ride. And
0: as <laughs> <Just my> sisters <laughs> will do,
1: <laughs> it happens. Um, but then, just having that desire grow to raise money to purchase my own pony, and then being introduced to some opportunities through 4 H and FFA some early opportunities to be exposed to dressage and some of which I loved and some of which wasn't quite the picture that I was looking for, at which point that kind of also led me to exploring some of the Western sports and performances and that kind of line of work and really looking at the reigning horses and spent some time working with some trainers and showing myself and pursuing an NRHA judges card. And there was a lot about that I really liked and there was a lot I learned. But as time went on, it wasn't my exact picture. And there was a time period where I was teaching at a college program, also a job I adored in their equestrian program, and was given an opportunity to do some riding in Portugal. So that was what started my interest in looking or revisiting the dressage pursuit. I really reignited with the desire to have what we would call healthy biomechanics and was introduced to a picture that was a bit closer to what I believed I was looking for. And then through that, we also were introduced, meaning we, my husband and I, were introduced to the Lusitano horses in Portugal. And I am completely in love with all breeds and all horses. But through that, we started looking at maybe trying to find a horse that would be a good match. And that paired me up with a horse that actually was pretty difficult for me. So, <laughs> developing a whole nother skill set um, in that stallion that we decided to bring into our family. And through that long, long journey of learning brought me to more principles of what a lot of people would think are natural horsemanship principles. So that eventually led me down the road to Pirelli Natural Horsemanship where I was introduced to you. So that's Mm -hmm. a real long story (laughs) put short as possible. But I knew when I first was introduced to you Um, one of the old savvy club dvds that it i had i had just seen my true north uh the for me the mix of what i would term as the partnership and uh, the health of the horse and how they developed and how they looked not only in their bodies but then how they looked and interacted with you was just something i knew i needed to know more about so that's what brought me to dressage naturally and i've always loved Helping people with horses because Mm -hmm. I can still remember being shown what might be the smallest thing to somebody else But was the biggest pearl to me Uh, Whether it was first learning about asking a horse to lower their head to put the bridle on which I had never seen (laughs) I know it sounds crazy Mm -hmm. but that when I learned about things like that and and many many more concepts I just knew what it meant to me and what a big difference it meant to me and concepts of partnership and how we would like them to move. How do we help them move better? And of course, there's goals I have of actual maneuvers, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. of wanting to bring a horse along to the levels of Piaf and Passage and the changes. But for me, it's, it's way before that just the still the love of being around horses and then helping people with their horses, and seeing their joy in the pursuit as well has just always been what it's about for me. I'm 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 pretty boring. I don't have a whole. I have a few other interests,
0: but boring. A
1: lot, so. Wait a minute, <laughs> like you're what, like
0: a black belt in Taekwondo.
1: Yeah, well, there's that too. No <laughs> one could ever
0: dare call you boring. <laughs> Oh,
1: dear. Yeah. And now we scare away all the listeners. No, I'm
0: kidding. I am too. But, but I mean, so cannot. I'm actually curious of like the the martial arts. I mean, there's such a, you know, crossover of skills for martial arts and horses. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that out of no personal experience at all. Maybe you can share a little bit about that because I think it is an interesting blend of, of interests.
1: I I feel so too. Uh, much like when we reference ballroom dancing and riding. Mm-hmm. So I was introduced to Taekwondo because I was trying to encourage uh, the women that I helped at the college for us all to think about our health outside of horsemanship to some extent. So we started asking the students to join us in some light workouts, or if they were already involved in something else, that would also suffice as their, you know, to to reflect that they had fulfilled that request. And one student said, well, I do Taekwondo, you know, would that count? And I said, well, I'm sure it would. I, I don't know anything about it. And they had a guest night at her center. And so she said, do you want to come? And I went that first night and I about killed myself because I loved it so much. (laughs) Of course, I was trying too hard and trying to do everything that everybody else was doing. But I loved it. I was hooked right away. So at that time period in my life, before I was married, I was going to the center six every day. It was open six days a week in the evening after teaching at the college. And there were so many things that resonated with me. Maybe somebody else out there can also understand what I'm about to say as far as some dressage people, people might say are very detail orientated or other words that maybe I wouldn't find as desirable. <laughs> well, that is certainly me. I, I certainly hope I continue to stretch and grow in my fun loving side as always, but I loved the detail and the precision mm-hmm. to learning the forms And I loved how it dovetailed with trying to have a balanced body, left side, right side, um, strikes and kicks that worked on both sides equally, just like we're asking our horses to do. How difficult it was to try and reflect in myself what our instructor was asking us to do, just like our horses, with us asking them to do so much. And then there's just so many other layers about breathing and connecting to the earth and seeing things come at you while sparring and not necessarily always engaging with every move, but how can we block, avoid, swing out of the way, whatever it might be. That was also just having that other being that you're almost dancing with, if you wanna call it Mm -hmm. that to a certain extent. And then, so we had the elements of forms, we had the elements of the sparring. And then the form that I did, we also had wood breaks to like pass our different levels. And that's always a fascinating pursuit simply because when your form is correct, it goes beautifully. (laughs) And if you have a piece out of flow or out of alignment, it is hitting a brick wall, literally. So that just was another really amazing, you know, simulation to me to the work with horses and and how it's so important to have a move flow and have everything aligned so that the body can work at its optimum. And then I did do competitions, and of course the the tests that we did for gaining our different levels you know that really spoke to my competitive side and at that time I was also quite competitively showing horses Mm -hmm. I think that helped me in that case because I could be I could try and tone that down when the horses came on scene because I had this other outlet to be real competitive in personally because of wanting to put the horse first in competitions, which yeah. I know I didn't always do well, but I was always working towards.
0: Yeah. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I, I actually did take Taekwondo lessons for a few weeks. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. And I also, I, I mean, I love the form. I loved everything you said, the balance, the symmetry, the power, with the relaxation and the necessity for relaxation mm-hmm. that comes through the balance, mm-hmm. that you know, and all that. But when it came to the sparring, I am really bad. Like, it hurt when I blocked, it hurt when I kicked. Yes, if I flinched <laughs> if I was kicking, I flinched <laughs> if I was boxing, I fl- I was flinched. And then the person next to me, uh, dislocated their finger, and I'm like, bye bye.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I no. watched them block
0: something, and I just, I'm like, okay, so that's enough for me. <laughs> It's so funny. I was like, no matter what I did, I was like up against the wall. <laughs> They're like and then kept taking his foot and going, Block your head. Block your head. And then I'd block, you know, I'd do this and then he'd he'd take his toes and just like touch me in the stomach. He's like, Protect your stomach. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I didn't stick with it.
1: I don't I totally understand. And and I did it for about ten years. I don't as actively practice it now i still try to practice the forms Mm -hmm. but it gosh it was a huge passion and now i've branched more into trying to study things like yoga and tai chi Mm -hmm. but uh i just love it and i love the other interesting and fascinating thing about the difference of stories is very similar to a lot of people about horses they'll meet you and you say you do something with horses and they either have the most wonderful story from their childhood or they have some story where it might not have gone so well. So isn't that interesting? It is.
0: And and really, I know it's actually probably exactly what I need, but it was just kind of, it was a very informal class. It was taught by, you know, my ex-husband's lab partner and, you know, grad school. And I was just like,
1: yeah.
0: But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, there was a, there's a piece there that I probably should explore about myself <laughs> someday. Fun. Anyway, thank but, you for sharing all yeah, that. I think it was it's fun. interesting. Oh, yeah. such an interesting part, you know, part of you. All right. Well, yeah, and I think it's just no,
1: another way to study mindfulness, I was going to say. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, self-awareness and so many things. Mm-hmm,
1: Absolutely.
0: I think, you know, as we ask our horses to do so much, I, I always think it's it, whatever the skill is, just the, the art, the practice of, um, of creating a skill and practicing it over time and improving mm-hmm. for our own selves, independent of a horse mm-hmm. is so important just to go through that process where it's just us, you know, it's like nobody to blame, um, is I think really, really important. And so the various things I've done in life with that, it's, it's always valuable just to Mm -hmm. be more patient and more forgiving, you know, of your horse going through a process. Cause when you can understand what that feels like for oneself, um, yeah. So in preparation for this podcast, um, Uh, Shelby, you had sent me, um, of a few concepts, a few of your favorite concepts Mm -hmm. that you thought would be interesting to share and helpful for others. Um, so I, I love the ones you wrote down. Is it all right if we just kind of go through them?
1: I'd love that.
0: Okay. Awesome. So there you listed five of them, and if there's any ones that pop up, feel free to share them too. But the first one you wrote down is something I've heard you say many, many times, uh, which is stretch and grow. So, can you explain <laughs> what you mean by the stretch and grow concept?
1: Absolutely. It is a constant reminder to myself that whether we're talking about the Taekwondo or whether we're talking about horsemanship that I try and show up with what I call an empty cup. And even if I don't feel ready and I know I'm definitely not perfect, that I'm just gonna show up and there's gonna be some kind of opportunity to stretch and grow. And that has always been challenging, but served me well. I would say I am, generally speaking, a person that tries to improve uh, their confidence and generally speaking would oftentimes in those scenarios not be confident so that has helped me get a little closer to those concepts and just being a more balanced person in general it could be the opportunity to come down to your place for the six day sessions you had and the idea of trailering my own horses 13 hours sometimes with friends which was always great but sometimes Mm -hmm. alone and all the challenges that come with that and the challenges of showing up and feeling awkward showing up and not knowing it's it's so interesting we we have horsemanship lessons oftentimes for life but it's so hard to show up to lessons and have it not go well but that is where the greatest things happen Mm -hmm. and i find myself um, sometimes not always feeling that i'm the most talented question asker in the moment so sometimes it'll take me months to come back to you with a question because when i show up for a lesson i jokingly try to zip it and just put myself in front of the person and say okay you know what am i going to learn there's you know i find it hard sometimes if a person asks too many questions, the lesson can't involve the the person teaching you can't do their best by you. But I'm also learning that there is a time for a well-asked question. Uh, I've often in my past had a lot of questions or maybe not even concerns, but how to have the best connection with the reins. And your description, of the connection with the reins has always been one of the things I admired the most that we cover in sweet spot. But in practice, how does that feel? How is it different for each horse? That has been something that sometimes I felt great conflict with because I was always quite uh, paranoid about being too hard with my hands. Mm. And every time I'm learning an extra little niche to that area of connection. I get to put myself in, in front of you and know that it's it's good to snuggle up to our horse and what is good connection and how do you know what is not good connection. Mm-hmm. So that's a big area for me to stretch and grow in because I went sometimes from influences that didn't feel good to me prior to you in connection in my hands where My hands were very sore and I became what I call kind of allergic or phobic about that. So then, you know, I swing the pendulum (laughs) extremely over to the other side and think about all I'll ever do is ride bitless or without a bridle at all. And that's not exactly the picture I'm going for as well with developing a horse through dressage. Sometimes, yes, it might be bitless, but bits aren't necessarily bad and and again, learning about all those principles of growth, you know, that's just one little area of horsemanship, but that has really been interesting. You know, I have a story to tell about a most recent visit to your place where I really had to go home and lick and chew about an opportunity to stretch and grow in front of you with your own horses, which, ooh, if that's not an opportunity to stretch and grow, <laughs> I don't know what is, um. And there was a moment with one of your horses where you were saying, softer hands, softer hands. And I was pushing my hands into that horse's neck, you know, in my mind's eye, thinking, oh, there, you know, I'm, I'm pushing into her neck, I'm giving. But in hindsight, I knew that meant my hands were also coming quite closed and quite hard in the feeling I was giving that horse's mouth. And of course, in the moment, was I necessarily able to (laughs) reflect my best self? No, no. But I learned a lot, and I showed up, and it was messy, and... I'm going to be better. So, so that's stretch and grow, you know, another kind of long story to a short saying, we might have a few of those today.
0: (laughs) No, no, that's cool because it's the stretch and grow. I mean, it's something I hear you say a lot and um, I've heard you say it in, in moments where like, okay, I'm about to go do something that feels a little edge of comfort zone. And so you can use Mm -hmm. that of like, Okay, instead of just saying, this is scary, it's your framing is going, this is an opportunity to stretch and grow. And I've heard you say that. And sometimes I've heard you say it and sound nervous, like, oh, my God, this is an opportunity to stretch and grow, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're framing it in your mind. So it's one of those things you can use when you're about to do something. And maybe it's scary, but you're saying, mm-hmm. no, but this is a good idea. So I'm going to do it even if it's uncomfortable. But I really like how you're mm-hmm. including in this concept, the after the fact that maybe you maybe something happened that was confusing or uncomfortable or you know like you say, you're not really sure. But then there's an opportunity to stretch and go just by revisiting it and going what what could the lesson be? What could I get out of this instead of just going well that happened, you know ah, I'm not concerned about that anymore, <laughs> which so is okay. so easy to do. It's like let's just pretend that never happened. But you're really courageous personally about going you know well let's look at that i wonder and and to be even thinking about things months later in a way of like what could i learn from it i think is a great lesson to remind people to do because i don't i don't think everybody does that you know i mean i think we we can all you know go into each you know each moment and go you know how much good stuff can i get out of this so that's really cool
1: absolutely I've, I've tried to exercise that with this podcast. <laughs> are you supposed to grow it on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. When the opportunity was brought up and the possibility was brought up, I thought to myself, "The last thing I want to do is get on a podcast and talk about myself." So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm show you sure you'll be how mean. many
0: different how many different countries are listening right now. <laughs>
1: right exactly (laughs) and i'm sure there'll be opportunities when we finish this podcast where i will think to myself i wished i had said that differently i wished i had done this differently and i'll be better so throw yourself out there and go for it and find your opportunities to
0: stretch and grow love it love it Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q and A calls And anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now, the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. All right. Uh, Number two you wrote was uh, lead by example
1: yes yeah and you know i was just trying to think about things that i find myself saying a lot whether directly related to horsemanship or not although pretty much everything in my life comes back to horsemanship (laughs) at one point or another and that lead by example i really want to embrace all through life so horsemanship has taught me so much about myself, but I don't want it. And and it's a constant work in progress. I don't want it to just end in the arena. So if I want to use my patience and my sense of humor with my horse and developing my horse, my consistency, um, my best self, I sure hope I want to do that outside of the arena with people, my family. And that, so that meaning for me is really one that crosses a lot of areas of life and we were just speaking a little bit before we got to recording today about myself and looking for my next uh, four-legged partner to join our family and I'm really really using that term in that pursuit as well because you receive a lot of advice about um, oh this would be the perfect horse for you and you receive videos and suggestions and It's very interesting that when you put yourself in the position to think about how you either recommend or suggest to somebody you're helping, what kind of horse they should search for, then turning around and make sure that I do that myself. Mm -hmm. So if there's a certain um, person that we feel comfortable dealing with and confident that they're... Uh, A trustworthy person to look at a family partner for if it's a certain age of horse I'm looking for uh, a certain mind a certain quality to their mind what are my top qualities and putting that first and once upon a time that picture might have been the most difficult horse I could find (laughs) and that is probably not going to be the picture anymore and that That's a very interesting thing to live through as well. Um, The other big thing that comes to mind when I talk about lead by example is certainly in the arena with our horses or helping Mm -hmm. someone. And I find it's so easy to start being with our horses and telling them what to do. Oh, I want them to do this and don't do that. And please do this right now. And that wasn't quite what I wanted. And no, no, no. So instead... What have I shown the horse in a way that I can best do to have it come out and how the horse moves or how the horse responds to me? Mm-hmm. So it can be as simple as when we want a horses to go a certain way, this could be groundwork or under saddle. Has my torso turned or am I straight on to the horse and then simply wanting them to go? a certain direction, or am I on the horse's back and simply my hands go to the side to turn but my torso hasn't reflected, my body hasn't reflected that turn? Have I delivered the message in a way I would wanna receive it? So have I kept the aids consistent, that I don't change how I ask for the same thing tomorrow or later today in the ride than I did earlier? Have I done it smoothly so often you know, we want our horses to move in this elegant, smooth way, and then sometimes we're very quick and jerky in our actions. And even though, for example, our two body types are completely different, <laughs> say for example, I'm trying to show the horse how I would like them to smoothly move on the ground. I can do that in my best way, my best self. I can show up and imagine I'm a six foot one dancer body type and do it to my best way and showing the horse in that way, how we'd like them to go. Uh, Also, and these are really fun ideas I hope to share on the video classroom. I use this in transitions. I found that if I start out counting out loud to initiate the next gait, there's probably little ways I'm moving in my body. If I want to trot and I start counting, ready, trot, one, two, one, two. That can reflect to the horse that energy change. And I don't necessarily use the, we'll call it aids or cues to the strength that I used to where then I might end up with a horse swishing their tail or showing a little bit of aggravation that doesn't need to be there. And then, you know, I shift to that being in an internal count over time. But it also makes me more mindful of just saying, okay, horse, you trot, I'll join you. And of course there are times in horsemanship where the horse leads and we join them. Sometimes we lead and they join us. Sometimes it's harmony and we go together. But I think because a lot of the time we often are in the mode of telling the horse what to do. These are ways that I can think about, here, I'm doing it. And on young horses, for example, when they're cantering, oftentimes I will start posting to the trot rhythm while they're cantering, so I lead by example that I'm no longer in that canter rhythm, I've switched to trot, Would you like to join me? And it's amazing a lot of times how much it will work. It might not be easy to get our body coordination down, but if we even count out loud, eventually what our mouth is saying, our body will do. And it really, really has helped me in transitions because one of my tendencies in, in learning from other horsewomen and horsemen is that some of my transitions could be abrupt because I was trying to be so prompt. And one of the other things you mentioned most recently during our visit um, at your place was to milk out the transitions. So this lead by example idea of counting has helped with that. Uh, Alignment wise in our horses, it works a charm if I feel receiving information from the reins like we talk about in the sweet spot that the horse is maybe leaning towards one rein or the other, if I just gently lift up my seat and move it into the opposite position, because who knows, it could have been me in the first place that brought the horse over there, (laughs) a lot of times horses will follow that example and I don't have to, what, start putting on a leg and push them over there, take a rein and bring them over there. We might need to do that, but why not try this way of leading by example, embodying, what we would like our horses to do, and trying that first. I think it's it's very easy to start increasing the aids, and then it comes to a point where we might get stuck at a certain, you know, I know some people talk about phases. Maybe we're using the stick multiple times. So I think it's important to just really make sure we talk about intent. And and this is one of the ways I'm embodying intent and trying to lead by example is to count things out loud, move my body over to a position I would like the horse to be in, to a bend I'd like the horse to be in, whatever it might be. And really trying to embody that idea of putting my intent out there first before I start getting too busy
0: with AIDS. Nice, nice. I love it. I mean, it's another like, so it's just three words lead by example, but you've, you've really got the depth of this concept from everything Mm -hmm. about holding yourself to your own standard, you know, walk in your talk, you know, as far as decisions Mm -hmm. that you're, you're making in, in life. (laughs) But then also Mm -hmm. I love that, that you can lead by example is that embodiment, You know, instead of just telling the horse, can you show? And I like that it kind of reminds me of the, you know, let's do this. Let's do it together, Mm -hmm. not I'm going to stand here and I need you to go do it. It has Mm -hmm. a whole different intention, like you said. So It does.
1: Yeah, that's another great story. On My first visit to Temenos was talking about some concepts of how – concepts are delivered. And we talked about sometimes how we want it to be a promise Mm. to the horse, our delivery. And you said, I promise we can do this. (laughs) And I was blown away because it was a completely different picture of how I had stemmed up in my mind, how I had thought of it in my mind of what that promise might look like or might be. And when you said it that way, still every bit of a promise, but it was a partnership promise. It was a team feel and it just changed how I thought about it completely. So yeah, it's, it's, I just
0: love that. Awesome. Yeah. All Right. I'm going to skip. You have, this one is number four, but I think it's a good segue, which is Mm -hmm. um, the next concept you had is picture your horsemanship and Mm -hmm when you're telling your your story um this is something that really jumped out to me is that even as you were you know you began your horsemanship journey somewhere but all along the way it's like you had a picture somewhere in your mind so you were doing like you looked at dressage but instead of just going well guess that's how i'm supposed to ride you you looked at it but then went eh, doesn't quite match my picture so then you went to raining, right? And you did that. And then you're like, well, but let me look at dressage, you know, so it was almost like you had your own kind of vision, and I'm putting words in your mouth, and you just mm-hmm. kind of kept searching, you know, in dressage land, we talk about searching and then enjoying, like either search or enjoy, mm-hmm. but don't get stuck tolerating you know
1: and that's Absolutely. sort of what i felt like
0: when you're telling the story it's like yeah this is good and i'm looking for something else and mm-hmm. i'm still looking for something else so um yeah now that i've told you what you what that concept means <laughs> um, i'd love to hear yeah what you were thinking when yeah. when you say picture your horsemanship
1: yeah so it's many different levels and obviously you've already touched on a few but the, the picture of your horsemanship is not only like you've already reflected, my personal re- pursuit that has been varied, but I've also what's important to, to remember is that I learned a lot of great things about each of those areas of horsemanship that I've carried with me. And maybe even I just learned how I might not want to do something. But each of those opportunities developed my own picture. And, and this will wrap around to one of other little sayings I sent to you probably later on in this conversation, but not only that before that, I like to also or in addition to that, I like to think of suggesting to people to pick their favorite YouTube, or maybe it's a few, maybe there's a particular groundwork one they like, or maybe an undersaddle one, maybe they do a little jumping and they have one for groundwork, one for flat work, one for jumping but i I like those inspirational little videos of some sort to be close at hand because not only do we all need to be re-inspired on the days that things are difficult but i find that instead of looking at necessarily those videos and always thinking wow that's that person And I'll never get to that level. It's inspiring. It's great, but I just don't know. Instead to look at the video and think of some core words. And we do a little bit of this when we talk about the sweet spot, but not only how the horse is moving, what about it? Do you like if it's a dressage horse, if it's a working equitation horse, whatever it might be, what, what do you feel when you watch that video and what feelings do you want to embody? And then describe the horse to somebody. Maybe if you were on the phone and they didn't have the same visual you did. And what words are you using? We talk about this a lot in the sweet spot. But then this is the harder part is to maybe video yourself or maybe have some help from somebody else, but trying to think about what parts from those inspirational videos am I already seeing or feeling with my horse? And what areas do I need to look into a little more and then find the person that can help me with those areas? So that we make that pursuit of horsemanship, which is, you know, it's complex, but we, we start with some principles that can be as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. So that has also served me well. Uh, If I I look at a video, you know, one of my tendencies is almost to now in, in my life with the horses, maybe emphasize relaxation without the energy piece a little too much. So if I look at that video of myself and the horse is a little slow in the rhythm, you know, I can say, oh, my inspirational video that has a horse has a little more life to their energy. So that I could go out to the arena and play with if I start making it so complex and so difficult, I might feel like I can't do it. And that's been one of the the best things about dressage Naturally and the way you teach is empowering us. So you want your picture of horsemanship to empower you. There's that wonderful YouTube video of you and Monty where you are bridalists and you are ch- doing the flying changes of lead through the serpentine loops on the straight line into the counter canter with bend, with clean changes, bridleless. I can look at that and be like, well, I don't know that I will ever do that. But there were a lot of qualities on that video that spoke to me. And I, at that time, I was riding bridleless a certain way. I was happy to just get on and be able to do a little bit of a simple go stop turn. But seeing that video, I've thought a little bit more about my pursuit of lateral work and other things that have helped when I do have rains. <laughs> so it's just really letting those videos touch each of us. And you'll never know how surprised you might be and what you end up doing. But instead of looking at that picture and saying, I'll never do that. What do I feel when I watch it? and and how can i exude those feelings when i'm with my horse and start playing with the qualities which is is another thing i love about dressage naturally is trying to yes we have some particular exercises but it's about the qualities do i need a greater emphasis on the quality of relaxation do i need greater emphasis on the quality of my maneuvers into bend laterally so that is just Mm-hmm. Where the concepts kind of keep coming in and and just carrying that picture with you and it'll change I mean clearly my pictures changed multiple times but it always serves me well to you know have one a few in my pocket that I adore and Also to just really think about the general qualities and the general feelings you get not only from watching those inspirational videos but your own video and to try and remember when you watch that video that you don't even know that horse and rider Mm -hmm. because it's, it's very easy when we're watching ourselves to have that certain way that we watch it because we know it's us and our horse. So if we can kind of do some little bit of separation, I find that helps me as well.
0: Oh, such good stuff. Yeah. It's so powerful just to, to make your brain like pick out the, I love that, the qualities and the feelings you know kind of you know Mm -hmm. see the whole video and even if you think oh my gosh it's going to be a lifetime before i can do it there's still qualities and feelings and once you sort of set those your brain will subconsciously start looking for Mm -hmm. them and noticing them so that's a huge hugely powerful concept yeah super cool yeah all right number three which is which is actually number four (laughs) We already, it's I like already on my list, but now it's number four. Um, you say it's called lift slash drop and blinker blinker. So, so
1: I had to, I know they're so odd, but I had to include memorable. these because, um, they, they, for me are a way to reset. And, and I think this is still a quality i certainly need a lot of we'll call it work or development in even just my personal life is that when things happen to us it's hard to fit in a pause it's hard to sometimes not be triggered by our triggers and to have the opportunity to think about we rise to attention and this is what i think with it when i'm looking at it with my horsemanship eyes is that when I ask somebody to think about what they want to have happen in the horse, that they, I say, return to zero or rise up and lift and then kind of drop. And that's a bit of an extreme picture. It's very refinable, but that the person gives the horse an opportunity to feel them from like active, neutral, we might say, whether it's a standstill or a walk. And then how does that body on the person change, whether in groundwork or under saddle to reflect what they would like the horse to do. Because once again, it's very easy to start putting on more aids and even sometimes cause a brace that then we talk about, oh, we need to train the brace out of the horse and sometimes we put it in there. Mm -hmm. So this way, if I present to the horse, say for example, we want a simple turn to the left, that I start from centrally located between the horse's ears, I lift my torso and turn it to the left. And then I might settle back to that straight, neutral and do it again. And this is where my little saying during lessons sometimes comes out where I say blinker, blinker. So I envision the little oh. blinker signal on the gotcha. car. You turn the blinker on the car and it goes blinker, blinker. So it's, it's doesn't get louder at me, but it's it not just goes. Turn, 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 <laughs> right. Nine, so, so that's what I try and help encourage people to do is like, straight this is my turn straight this is my turn straight so that that horse starts feeling oh i see what what happens before what happens happens and it doesn't necessarily mean that aids always have to escalate it right. just means that we need to present to them here am i and then this is what i feel like when we go to do this and here it is again and here it is again so that that horse, once we especially start moving through trot and canter and I'm sure the volume in the horse's brain has a lot more input and things happening, but we know they can feel a fly. They -hmm. can start really feeling, you know, the changes. Um, This was big for me when you were the first person ever that I worked with that had us stop and make a statue in the lateral positions. Instead of jokingly trying to start out, Helping someone and their horse do it necessarily in motion and this really Started changing my concept of connection because in the past lateral work for me is you know I struggled into the position myself I tried to put a bunch of aids on the horse for the lateral position and then Because for example in shoulder in I was turning away from the rail and the horse had the whole world's view in front of it to go forward well, then I was using rein too To say well please don't go forward how it was supposed to look like a dance I'm not exactly sure but (laughs) when you have the opportunity to stop and make the position that I have the opportunity to say Horace, when I do this I sit up and don't lean forward at all or none of my momentum is going forward to say we're going to cross the diagonal it simply means We're both bringing our shoulders in and looking the same, and then this is me going straight, and then this is me where I would stop and make the motion of shoulder in. So I can start explaining to the horse how my body feels different in that lift and drop Mm -hmm. to from neutral, this is me and shoulder in, from neutral, this is me, we're going to turn and go across the diagonal. You know, I don't know how horses do it. They amaze me every day that I can, I can turn my seat and maybe just sit up that half millimeter more and they understand it's shoulder in and I can turn my seat and we can do a lengthening across the diagonal. I mean, it's,
0: it's a miracle. miracle. (laughs) Oh, it's incredible. I, I love, I love this idea of lift and drop because, um, you know, it is what what you said, it's the change that we need it's them to notice, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I was here, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. And if they don't notice that change, just shouting at them isn't necessarily going to do mm-hmm. it. But you come back, you go, no, notice the difference. Now I'm here, mm-hmm. now I'm here. And I think, you know, I've seen so many times, like with just to use the example of turning, like you did, if you know, the rider turns, the horse doesn't come with them. And now everybody's mm-hmm. now you're not together. So from right. that place, you're not gonna be able to talk. So you go, go back, get with your horse and then try it again and see if Mm -hmm. he'll come with you this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, um, because you said those are great examples for with the horses, but the first thing you said was you use this in life too. I'm a little bit curious of what you meant by that.
1: I think, you know, it's and I'll use my personal example when you're living with a spouse, and you love each other dearly, but you know each other so well that sometimes it's easy to maybe just know that person well enough to say something that you know will get their attention in a way that's not positive. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I think there's a way that we can use it in a positive way. So to basically, we've all experienced where we felt somebody kind of maybe hit a button or a little bit of a sore spot on us or a trigger point. And again, a lot of times it's because people want a response. You know, that's their desire to interact and get some kind of response out of us. Maybe they want us to do something, um, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. It In that moment, it is so easy to respond likewise. So if we're triggered, it's easy to be sharp and kind of trigger back. And so now, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm good at it yet. I'm working on it. But it is much better if I can fit in there's that energy lift and instead of lifting I tell myself drop so I can feel that where it kind of like something pokes me a little bit and that's my when I say lift and then I try and tell myself drop so that what I think is most important which again (laughs) I'm working on is if we can build in a pause and not repeat patterns that weren't positive like with other people in our life Oh, this keeps happening with that person. Well, then I'm half of that equation. How do I have that not happen? How do I have that energy not go there? And how do I interrupt it? And a lot of times it's trying to fit in that pause when we we feel that little point was touched on. Ooh, ouch. You know. <laughs> so then instead of being quick to respond, trying to fit in that moment where we, what do we say often? Count to 10, yeah. take a deep breath and boy it's it's a toughie but i think it's so important there's so much energy out there these days in i remember you saying one time instead of thinking of it as judging judging ourselves or say you're watching another horse and rider um at a clinic or something that we don't want to judge we want to observe in my observation this is happening and and that is just such a healthier way to look at it because for me, I'd like to say that it's a healthier way to look at it because there's a lot of judging going out there right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very easy for things to get sharp and hurtful real fast. And and there's still going to be moments that happens too. That's just life and we're all works in progress. But I think that's really, a, um, again, a big concept that we want to try and bring from our horsemanship to, or I'd like to, outside my horsemanship, yeah. that it's it's lifemanship, you know, and, and I think a lot of times, you know, I, my husband and I are, are such good, what I call running buddies, such good friends, we really don't wanna go there. It's probably because at the end of the day, we've had a lot of other, what do they call it, trigger stackings throughout the day happen, and then boom, we also have a farm to take care of and things to deal with in life, and there's a list of all these to-do things, And trying to find that way that that doesn't become uh, like a point of contention between yourself and it could be a person you're working with. Um, Horse taking lessons and giving lessons is not always the easiest thing to do. I know a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to do what you do. (laughs) And trust me, I do. But yeah. it's still, there are moments where I've had to take a deep breath and say, you know, I know that they're just struggling right now. They're trying to do what I'm asking them to do. And the horse maybe isn't quite in that picture yet of being soft and mushy. And that wasn't really directed at me. That's something they're experiencing right now. And, and I'm here yeah. to help. So that's, you know, it just crosses through so many different um, oh Yeah. areas. Yeah.
0: It's so the same. It's like the, it, for me, it's the, um, the moment of disharmony, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's in life or with a horse or, you know, there's a moment where, oh, something happened, right? Either you turn and your horse didn't, or your horse (laughs) did something and you didn't really want it to do that. Or your husband says something and ow, Mm -hmm. that hurt. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, and, and like you said, the energy usually goes up
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: tension. We tense up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just to, just to simply recognize that and go, Oh, mm-hmm. can I come back, come mm-hmm. back to a harmony starting point. And then from there, because it's so easy to escalate the contortion and mm-hmm. escalate the disharmony because now you're here and then you're both there and then everything's going up. Right. So I think that's beautiful. Lift, drop, yeah, lift, drop.
1: <laughs> and yeah. And, and the horses, I think, you know, they're, There are times, you know, we certainly are making choices in our horsemanship of how to make it clear to the horse what we'd like them to do, but it gives them that opportunity to comparison shop and your shapes and your delivery Mm -hmm. there, there they were, and there they were. And then to try and not just keep that point of escalation. Escalation. Um, Yeah. So it's really, it's not always easy, but it has been helpful. I will say that.
0: (laughs) Super. These are huge concepts, Shelby. These are awesome. Excellent. We have one more little, little tiny concept. Yes. So, and this one is be your own hero, be your own hero. And I
1: don't, I'm going to credit it to Simone Biles, but I don't know if that's was hers originally or who said it first, you know, it's just my emphasis of, it's not that I'm saying I invented these ideas at all, but that one, wow. Wow easy to say hard to do so what is important to me about this is that we are each our own special i use the example of snowflakes simply because each one is very individual and different you know a lot of them together can look very similar and white but each little one has their own little details and then you look at it from even a perspective of horsemanship so you've got this person We'll say, for example, myself in this one that has had all these different odd life experiences with horsemanship. And so then that's my presentation, not only to myself, but to my horses and then to the people that I help or try to help. And then you pair that with a horse that it's its own special little snowflake. And then you know you you pass that horse, maybe you want help with it and you send it to a trainer. And then so there's that own special little combination there. But when that horse comes back to you, you have to be your own hero. Um, or you I would encourage you to be. I won't say you have to be. But I think that is so important because it's so easy to compare ourselves. I do it all the time. I have what I consider the greatest mentor in the world in you. And it's hard to not want to be like, I'm going to be just like her. And I want I want to be the qualities of what you do and I certainly want to be as close to that horsemanship as as I can be, but I will I'll never be another you. That's already taken. So don't don't strive for that. To strive for my best version of how you have helped me with my horsemanship or how I've seen you be as a person and how I want to be And that's what I think is really important because it's real easy with social media. I struggle with that a lot. I, there are times I want to be a lot more active in posting things. I have, if you want to use the word fear or a lot of concern about, these comments that can take off and fire for the
0: smallest thing. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh
1: my golly. So it can can be anything. I mean, I see it daily that I don't, again, don't wanna go there, right? I don't wanna answer that trigger. But a lot of it is because, you know, we might be comparing a very difficult day on our end to somebody's best day on Facebook. And Mm -hmm. that is, that can really send us down a struggle bus and i think it's really you know it's important to try and embrace you know what is is my picture and it, can, it goes back to picture of horsemanship picture of lifemanship but how can i be my own hero in that setting you know it's it's like i um my ideal picture of horsemanship there might be horses that want a heavier connection in the reins and that might not be the best mix for me but i, I i've got a be okay with that. I either ask the horse to maybe not go with as much power. Um, and then my picture is going to look slightly different from somebody who gets on and just engages that horse. And I love the look when somebody else does it, but I might feel not so yummy inside when I feel it. So those are things that I think are just so important. And it, and it carries out again, as I hope a lot of these concepts do to the rest of, of life is to just, be your own hero and try and find your own personal North, surround yourself with the people that are going to help you with that. And, and guess what? That picture changes. That's the other thing. And and sometimes it doesn't. I like, for example, would hope it never changes that you're, you're my true North.
0: But I hope I don't mess there, up. That, <laughs> Totally I, really I, don't, I won't
1: be messing up on your end, <laughs> but but I've had some great mentors in horsemanship that maybe I don't work with now. I don't not like that experience any less, but once again, I moved on to a slightly different picture and I just wanted to continue to be my own hero and search for that picture I'm looking for. So, yeah, and I, with our horses, this is, yeah. oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt, but I think this is so valuable with our horses oftentimes we don't take into account where we're at with our horsemanship at that time let's say for example we have family issues going on and at this time we're only able to work or spend time with our horse truly like if we think of it as a session twice a week and we might be comparing ourselves to somebody who is at the time in life where they have six days a week or somebody who's and this isn't always necessarily a factor, so I want to be clear there, but maybe we're comparing ourselves with somebody who's in their 20s and fit and ready to ride badminton three-day event to, my, to a person, let's say, that's in their 90s and still riding, but heck, maybe they have an oxygen tank. So it's just <laughs> that we have to be realistic of, and not even realistic, but embrace who we are and where we're at and also where we want to be. And what we're shooting for. So, yeah, that's where that little
0: idea comes from. It is. It's so important because, you know, we need to know what our own individual dream is. And I've Mm -hmm. always, you know, for a long time, I've thought I don't even mentors or people that I admire a lot or that I like, oh, my gosh, I want to be able to ride like that. I know that that person cannot be everything to me. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not about I need to be like that person. Like, no, you're not gonna be that person, and that you shouldn't mm-hmm. be. You know, because everybody has their own special thing to blend, and um, yeah, just to to know your own dream, and you, yeah, you've got to be able to cheerlead for yourself better than anybody else, because mm-hmm. you, you know, we're all we yeah, have, really, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so I love yeah, that. It's, Go ahead. Yeah,
1: it's good, and and I think that. It, um, the, the other thought behind, well, many thoughts behind that are exactly going back to like having that picture of horsemanship and watching that video. And sometimes it can feel incredibly overwhelming, but to pick out the piece from it that we can do, you always talk about what is it that you can do? And that's so true. Like maybe somebody doesn't want to ride bridleless, but well, maybe they'll use a little neck rope with the bridle once in a while and see how much of the ride they would do off of that. It'd be just something different area to what stretch and grow. in. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that is also the the other thing is to take those concepts and see, well, what can I do from that situation that resonates with me? And much like when you were just talking about the example of another person, I, I felt like it was important to share that sometimes I watch, horsemen and horsewomen, maybe maybe we watch the Olympics or something and there's just an amazing ride at the Olympics and I can admire that, but I don't think I would ever want to ask my horse to fly to let's say China to go to the Mm -hmm. Olympics or what it would take to the commitment to be away from home, the financial commitment, everything that goes with that picture. I think that's also an important part of that aspect of be your own heroes to really know you know, what does it look like for me? Um, there's been talk in the past with, with you and with other people. For me right now, it's much easier not to have horses in training. There For many reasons. One being, I get too attached. <laughs> so it's much better for, for me to have my own horses and help people with their horses and help them be their own hero and have their best day with their horse. So I think that's also real important is that we... We can admire lots of different people and not say, "Oh, I have to be them," or I have to do mm-hmm. it exactly like them," because in all reality i wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. you know we've talked about trailering horses. I used to trailer horses much greater distances than I do now, and there may be a day I do it again, but it's not the same fire in me that I once had to hook up and go down the road for thousands of miles mm-hmm. um, I think some of that is really good to expose our horses to and that is a passion of mine to have outings with my horse but it might not be the same picture I once had and that's also important that as we evolve you know we sense it in ourselves and it's exactly. it's we stick with being our own hero and not make ourselves feel guilty or bad about that and wow. um, and everybody can do that with their horses. They can say, I've got these days to work with my horse and I'm going to start building the principles I saw on that video in the tiniest little way.
0: Exactly. Everybody can have their own dream. There's no shoulds. There's no one you have to be like. It's it's your own dream. It's mm-hmm. everybody's own dream. And everyone is just as good as the other one. You know, it's mm-hmm. do, what, do what makes you happy. <laughs> Yeah, and we can, Absolutely. and you know, we can Absolutely. be inspired and get inspiration from lots of sources. But I think that's such a powerful message. Like, you don't have to. You can be inspired by someone. You don't have to be them. You know, the world, mm-hmm. the world would be better if everybody is their own hero. Then mm-hmm. there's more heroes.
1: And there was. Oh, there's so and that's that's the other great point to bring up is that in this day and age There's so many different pictures of heroes I think when I was growing up if you had said there would be these great people that never showed Horses and people would think they were amazing when I was 10 I would have said there's no way that's ever gonna happen and now you look even let's say just for example on the internet well, there's so many people that do amazing things with horses whether it's right across country, whether it's it's dressage in in our backyards and sharing it with people, it, it doesn't have to mean everybody goes to the Olympics. And one this quote I'm sure I will not get exactly correct, but it said basically to the extent of, you know, we have to love ourselves first, and, and, and this certainly can be difficult. But the quote was that if you don't love yourself first and then say you're going to love somebody else, it's like a naked man telling you he's going to give you the shirt off his back. And when I heard that, I thought, wow, <laughs> that's interesting. But I think that that's, you know, there's so much gold in that saying. And it's such an interesting thing to to take to heart and think about a little bit that, You know, I'm not saying we're gushing over ourselves, but to appreciate the person you are yourself, it's going to be easier for you to give love if you start there.
0: Well, I'm just going to leave it right there because that was... Okay, I was
1: like, oh no! I was
0: like, what do you say after that? (laughs) That's awesome. Amen. (laughs) That's what I'll say after that. Amen, sister. (laughs) Amen.
1: Um, awesome. A, <laughs> well have fun. Mic have fun. drop.
0: No, thank you. So <laughs> Shelby, thank you yeah. so much. That was um that was, you know, I this is an episode to go back and listen to again and again. And so many great, great concepts. And I love how you really everything is about connecting being the best human you can be to being the best horsewoman you can be. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's all intertwined, which I know I know i agree you know that's how i feel too and i know you do It's so clear in how you speak so thank you so much
1: thank you so much
0: time and uh maybe maybe now that you've stretched and grown you'll come back and do another episode sometime
1: (laughs) that's right i'll have to go and uh as we say in horsemanship lick and chew on it for a little bit (laughs) okay
0: all right well thank you so much thanks Thanks for having me again all right bye If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.